Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The gospel lesson for today is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. This can be found on page 992 of your Pew Bible. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and his subsequent appearances to his disciples is a demonstration of his divinity and fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. A reading from Matthew chapter 28, beginning with the first verse. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Three Sundays ago, my family and I were on vacation in Florida, and uh, we worshiped at the local church there. It was an Episcopal church. I love Episcopal churches. Whenever I'm traveling, that's usually where I end up. It had been a while since I had been at an Episcopal church, and my family normally doesn't go, so we didn't really know what to do when. I don't know if any of you have been to like an Episcopalian-type service, but stand up, sit down, kneel, read this, don't read that. We felt a little bit lost and a little bit disoriented. I wish we had had someone sitting next to us whispering each time, you know, what to do. 
we didn't have that. And then we came up for communion at the end. I don't know if we didn't hear the instructions well or if they forgot to say it, but it's the place where you, know, you kneel at the altar and the priest actually puts the, the bread dipped in the juice in your mouth. And I looked over at my family and the only way I can describe it, it was like baby birds. <laughs> and we laughed the rest of the day about that. We got the, the church giggles, you know how that is. I tell you that story for two reasons. One is I realize that on Easter Sunday, there's probably a number of you here today who feel like we did in that church service a few weeks ago. You're not really sure what to do, not sure what comes next. And so to you, I just want to say, relax. You can't get it wrong. We're just so glad you're here and God loves you. The second reason I tell that story is because that feeling, that sensation of being disoriented and not knowing what comes next. Well, we felt it in that church service, but I think all of us to some degree, even outside the walls of that church, are feeling that a little bit, aren't we? The world is changing fast. The world is changing faster than I can understand or keep up with. I'm not sure what comes next. And like sitting in that church service, I wish somebody would come alongside me right now and whisper in my ear and tell me what to do, how to navigate all this change. It feels like the ground beneath our feet is changing. Well, in our scripture passage today, in Matthew chapter 28, we hear the story of the resurrection once again. And these women that we encounter in this story, they too were experiencing A changing world, changing faster than they could possibly comprehend. The earth beneath their feet was literally shifting in an earthquake. And God provided for them what I wish I have in our world right now. God provided instructions. He provided an angel, divine intervention sent from heaven to come down. And he gave these women three clear, easy to understand instructions of what to do in this rapidly changing world in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want us to go to this angel today that we hear in this story and hear from him the very same three instructions because the instructions he gave them in their rapidly changing world in light of the resurrection are relevant for us today in this world where things are changing faster than we can comprehend. So let's read this story. Let's look at it together. Let's hear these instructions from God through the angel. The first couple of verses are just the background. They orient us to the story. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with the first verse. Now, after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came And rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. And his clothing white as snow. It's a dramatic scene. It almost reads mythologically. And there's been interesting and intense scholarly debate now for centuries whether or not this is a myth, or whether it's a historical event. And perhaps you're curious about that. Is what we're proclaiming in this story, what we're reading in the Bible, did this really happen? 
I believe that it did. And we teach here at Stanwich Church that it's a historical reality, a historical event. This resurrection, dramatic as it is, supernatural as it is, is presented just as it's told here. If you're curious about that topic, if you want to know some of that scholarly debate, I recommend this book by N.T. Wright. It's called The Resurrection of the Son of God. It's 848 pages. Um, I'm going to leave this here. If anybody wants to you know, read this for the next couple of years of your life. <laughs> you can pick that up after the service. I bought an extra copy. I'm serious. I, I want that gone by the end of the day. So I want somebody <laughs> reading that. There's a shorter one. It's called The Evidence of the Resurrection by Lee Strobel. You can find that on Amazon. But for all intents and purposes, for the sake of argument today, we're going to believe what the Bible says is historical fact. It's true. It really happened. Now let's hear from this angel. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Verse four, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. You know what I notice in the gospels is men don't come across looking so, so tough or great. I mean, the male disciples of Jesus, where are they? They've all scattered with their tails between their legs when their rabbi, their leader, got hung on the cross. And now these Roman soldiers, can you picture them? They must have looked so tough in their Roman armor and their swords. These guys were probably battle tested. They had faced enemies in battle. But this angel comes down from heaven looking like lightning and they're gone. They're done. (laughs) So the angel addresses the women, apparently the only people still standing on their feet. (laughs) Women are so much stronger, aren't they? Yeah, I heard an amen. That's the first amen I got all day. It wasn't even from my wife. Verse 5. But the angel said to the women, now this is our first of three instructions from the angel. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Do not be afraid. It was true and important for them. It helped them navigate their ever-changing reality in light of the resurrection. And let's let God speak to us today through the angel as well, saying to us in our rapidly changing world, Christians, do not be afraid. Though there is much to fear, though there is much we don't understand, Because of the resurrection, we don't have to live. We don't have to operate. We don't have to react in fear. When I look around at our nation and the Christians in it, lately I see a lot of fearful reactionary responses to things that are going on. We don't need to live. We don't need to be afraid. I confess this is hard for me. My son, I'll give you an example. My 15-year-old son's been showing me, I'm sure you've heard about this, but he's been showing me this artificial intelligence thing. Talk about things changing faster than we can understand. He shows me this artificial intelligence. He, he wrote in pencil a, a math problem on a sheet of paper, and he showed his camera you know, to it with the artificial intelligence, and it solved the problem and showed its work. And I said what a lot of people say when they first experience this AI, these chatbot things. I said, that's scary. (laughs) Right? There's a lot to fear in this world. There's things that are changing beyond our ability to control them. And usually when we see things changing fast beyond our ability to control it, we assume it's negative. 
But look again at the morning of the resurrection. Things were changing. Things were beyond their ability to control or even understand it, but they were changing positively. Jesus Christ was rewriting history by rising again. He defeated our greatest fear, our greatest enemy, which is death itself. Do not be afraid. As we navigate this world, Christians, do not be afraid. We can live in faith because of the resurrection. Well, that's the first instruction from the angel. What else does he have to say? Verse 6, for he is not here. He has risen, as he said. Come see the place that he lay. Come see the place where he lay. Come and see. This is instruction number two. Do not be afraid. Come and see. Come and see what? The empty tomb. But it's so much more than just an empty tomb. It's everything that that empty tomb means. The angel said, come and see the place where he lay. He is Jesus. Jesus who came into the world and he taught people how to live, how to love one another. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He befriended the lonely. He was full of grace and truth. And the world wanted him dead. But it's more than just the religious leaders found him too threatening. He died for a purpose. God the Father looked at all of us all the way through history, all the corridors of time, and he saw all the ways that we hurt each other. All the ways we wound one another. All the ways we fall into the temptations of our lusts. This is what the Bible calls sin. And God the Father looked at all of us stuck in our sin and he knew the consequences of all of our sin. It doesn't lead to good things. It leads to division. It leads to separation from one another and separation from God. And ultimately, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death of relationship now, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. And God looked at all of us stuck in our sin and he said... I love them so much. I don't want to be separated from them. I will do something about it. I will pay the price. So he sent himself in the person of the son of God into this world. Yes, to teach and to heal and to feed, but also to die, to take upon himself the consequences of all of our sin, the punishment of our sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross so that we wouldn't get what we deserve. That's why it's called the good news. All of that is infused. It's packed into this phrase that the angel says, come and see. Come and see the empty tomb. Come see the place where he lay. Come and hear the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ came into the world, taught us how to live and love, but died in our place. And now he has risen over the penalty of death. Hallelujah. Come and see. This is why every single Sunday here at Sandwich Church, we gather in this room under the banner of the cross to be reminded of the good news. We come and we see. In this ever-changing world where things are disorienting, we have to keep coming back and hearing, not being afraid, and coming and seeing, coming and hearing, coming again around week after week, the truth of God's word. It gives us hope. 
So do not be afraid. Come and see. What else does the angel have to say? Then, verse 7, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Go and tell. Do not be afraid. Come and see. Go and tell. It's the third instruction we get from God through this angel, through his word. Go and tell. Church, I got to say, I'm so proud of you as a church. I'm proud of us. We're getting this one right. Since the last time we had Easter a year ago, we pastors talk about this almost every single Sunday. We meet new people. We are bursting at the seams, like Gina said, in our, worship, our normal worship services on Sundays. Why? Because you all are going and telling. You come and see, you hear the truth of the gospel, and then you go out and you tell. Every week we meet new people. We compare notes on Monday. We say, hey, did you meet four people, six people, three people? Every week we meet new people. And we say, how did you find us? How did you get to Stanwich? And they say, ah, my friend told me. My coworker invited me. My sister told me I got to come and see. See, we're doing this, church. And this is how we will navigate this rapidly changing world, not living in fear, coming and seeing, going and telling. We call this evangelism. If we have the good news, if we hear the good news that Jesus died in our place, taking the penalty that we deserve and giving us forgiveness and mercy in its place, that's good news. We want to go share it. So we go and tell. There's actually a fourth thing that the women do in this story that they need no instruction about. The angel tells them those three things, but they do a fourth thing spontaneously. It's a natural reaction to what they witness. Verse 8. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear. This is a new kind of holy reverent fear or awe, even though they were told not to be afraid. Now they have a fear and joy great joy, and ran to tell his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Has anyone ever woken up in a good mood? No one's woken up in as good of a mood as Jesus did on the morning of the resurrection. Amen. Greetings. Hey, ladies. This, this was written in Greek. I don't know why we translate it greetings. It really just means rejoice. Rejoice. And look what happens spontaneously. They need no instruction. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshiped him. When we don't live in fear, when we come and see when we go and tell, we meet the risen Christ and our hearts change. We begin to worship. I felt it in our music earlier. I felt the room shift a little bit. We were worshiping. Why? Because Jesus is here. We don't really actually need instruction in how to worship. We were made to worship. I've seen some of you at sporting events. What do you do when something amazing happens on the court or on the field? 
There's no instructional for this. Not like when you come into the stadium, there's a little booth where you line up and you say, okay, when the guy scores the basket, you put your hands up and you yell. No, we just know what to do. We know how to worship. We know how to praise. Or do you remember falling in love? Nobody told you guys, think about her all the time. Text her more. Email somebody after the first service that actually some guys do need to be told to email them more. It's like falling in love. We don't need to be told what to do. And if Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, it means he's still alive today. He's still appearing. And when we meet him, when we encounter him by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we worship. We worship. And if he's still alive today, then I want to hear from him in verse 10. Let him speak to us. We've heard from the angel, those three instructions. Now let's hear from Jesus himself as if he's standing here talking to us. Verse 10, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. If he was saying it today, it might sound like this. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my sisters, my brothers in Greenwich, in Stanford, in Fairfield County, in Westchester County, there they will see me. Do you want to know how we know this word is true? That if we go out, if we don't live in fear, if we come and see and if we go and tell, we will meet the risen Christ and we will worship him. It's true because of what we started the worship service by declaring. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.